0: JP Morgan and Paul Tudor Jones sound the alarm on inflation, the travel recovery is in full force, and Wall Street Bets strikes again. This is the Running With The Money podcast. Let's get into it. And we are back. We're back with another beautiful Monday, another week of amazing opportunity in the markets. And what is going on? Well, the topic of the day is inflation. But before we get into that inflation topic, as we have, it seems like the past five episodes, unfortunately. I apologize for this. But the headlines keep piling on. The inflation fear keeps piling on this market, and the choppy action continues. So taking a look, Dow Jones Industrial Average. Down 85 points. NASDAQ up 104. SP 500 up 7. The Rust 2K up nearly 10. But the VIX, ah, moving to the upside, 4.7%. So, what is going on with the markets? Well, more choppy action. We got a technology bounce back, which I like to see. The Apple, the Microsoft, the Google, the Facebook, the Amazon, the Taiwan Semi, the Nvidia, the Salesforce, the Shopify all bouncing back today. Meanwhile, Wall Street bets striking again. We have major names such as Corsair and Clean Energy moving to the upside. And we also have a few others kind of starting the surge as well. We have Petco moving to the upside. AMC, Clover, the usual AMC stocks or not AMC stocks, but Reddit stocks moving to the upside. Either way, we got to get into the headline of the day. And it seems like the headlines have been piling on on this beautiful Monday afternoon. But my goodness, inflation, talk about the topic of the day. I mean, the CEOs and the bankers and my goodness, the investors were out Going against the Fed, which is odd. Don't they say never bet against the Fed? Well, these investors are, and these CEOs are, and they're saying the Fed is wrong. Now, today, JPMorgan Chase CEO Jamie Dimon, sounding the alarm, he basically said that they were raising cash, that he said, we're just literally just... Bringing our cash stocker, we're basically, in essence, just continuing to stockpile cash. In fact, he said, "On quote, effectively stockpiling cash." Um, he went on to say, "We have a lot of cash and capability, and we're going to be very patient because I think you have a very good chance inflation will be more." than transitory. (laughs) Now, he's not the only one to say that he thinks it's more than transitory because Paul Tudor Jones said it this morning as well. But before we get into Paul Tudor Jones, we have to talk about more of what Diamond said. He went on to say, if you look at our balance sheet, we have $500 billion in cash. We've actually been effectively stockpiling more and more cash, waiting for opportunities to invest at higher rates. He then said, I do expect to see higher rates and more inflation and we are prepared for that. Now, this was after the Paul Tudor Jones interview, which honestly, I'm surprised the market didn't react more to this morning, but this is huge. We have the CEO of JP Morgan, one of the largest banks out there in the world, coming out and saying, I expect higher inflation. I definitely expect higher inflation and we are preparing for that. And we are in essence waiting for opportunities. In essence, we are waiting for a pullback to buy our investments and our treasuries and whatever we like to buy our income producing assets. We are waiting to purchase those. Now they went on to say, okay, they went on to say, um, actually when I say they, who in the world am I talking about? Yeah, there was more than one major bank CEO that came out and warned against inflation. Now, Morgan Stanley CEO James Gorman he also did an interview today and he warned of inflation as well. He also said that he thinks that higher inflation is lasting and not transitory. He went on to say, "On quote, the question is when does the Fed move? It has to move at some point. And I think the bias is more likely earlier than what the current dots suggest rather than later." So he is also implying, he's also saying there, that he believes that the Fed is going to have to raise rates and start to, in essence, taper bond purchases, the bond purchases they've been making every month, um, in essence, it's almost been a stimulus to the market much quicker than what they expected because inflation is starting to get out of hand. Um, And we saw that in this latest CPI number, which was just over 5%. So, I mean, we're still talking about this inflation narrative because more and more information starts to come out on it. And these big investors and these big banks continually are saying this inflation is real. This is long-term inflation. The Fed is wrong. It is not transitory. Now, Paul Tudor Jones, if you don't know who it is, he's an American billionaire hedge fund manager, very successful manager. And honestly, he's probably some argue one of the best investors of modern of our modern time. But aside from his past, we have to talk about what in the world he said. So he literally said the Fed was wrong. In fact, he is almost going fully against the Fed here. He said, um, I would go all in on inflation trades if the Federal Reserve is nonchalant this week. In fact, unquote, I'd probably buy commodities, buy crypto, buy gold. He went on to say, if they course correct, then you're going to get a taper tantrum. And I 100% agree with him. The CEO of JP Morgan is somewhat implying that here. I believe from the way I'm reading it, they have cash. They're waiting to buy. They're waiting to purchase um, the assets that they like. They're stockpiling cash, waiting for opportunity. That signals to me that- They're in essence waiting for a pullback in some manner. Um, And then you also have Gorman saying, yeah, I believe that the Fed's going to have to act quicker than normal. So all of these things would imply a taper tantrum And Jones is literally coming out and bluntly saying if they course correct. So if they raise rates quicker than what they expected, if they start to taper, if they start to take back those major bond purchases every month, you're going to see a major taper tantrum. Now, He also went on to say, if they treat these numbers, which he was talking about the CPI inflation numbers, which were material events, they were very material, if they treat them with nonchalance, I think it's just a green light to bet heavily on every inflation trade. That was quoted, the every inflation trade, the every, you know, The every uh, buy crypto, buy gold, buy commodities. That's on quote. This is a billionaire hedge fund manager, one of the most successful out there saying go in on inflation. And that is why for the past few episodes, we've been talking about getting those more inflation friendly names in your portfolio, because at the end of the day, all of these guys could be wrong. These banks have been wrong before. These investors have been wrong before. Tudor Jones, he's been wrong before. Everyone's been wrong before in this market. We could all be wrong. Going against the Fed could be completely wrong. The Fed could be right. But at the end of the day, you want to to prepare for every scenario, or at least as many as you can. You want to have plan A, B, C, and D, in my opinion. So I have an A, and I have a B, and I have a C, and I have a D plan. And what is that plan? It is literally a portfolio, a barbell portfolio, 50-50 split down the middle, where I have 50% Or I'm working to get 50% of my holdings inflation-friendly and the other 50% not so inflation-friendly, and that's the side I'll be looking to add to if the market does throw a taper tantrum, the growth side of things. Meanwhile, I will be holding my inflation-friendly names, which hopefully will hedge out those inflation fears. That's what I'm looking for. Now, Not only did we get Jamie Dimon, not only did we get James Gorman, not only did we get Paul Tudor Jones, but we also got BlackRock's global bond chief, Rick Reeder. And he came out and he said that he expects the Federal Reserve to, quote, step back from its easy policies and start talking about tapering its bond purchases, according to CNBC. And they're all talking about the result of this two day meeting, which at the Fed, which concludes on Wednesday at 2 p.m. Jerome Powell is going to release a statement Wednesday at 2 p.m., and that is going to be the catalyst. That is what you're going to want to watch. You want to see the reaction out of the market, but at the same time, you want to see what the Fed is going to do. We're all focused in. Is the Fed going to raise rates? Are they going to start to slow down those bond purchases? Are they going to do all of this earlier than expected? Is inflation out of hand? Is it long term? Will the Fed admit that it's long-term? Will they admit they're wrong? Are they wrong? We are all waiting. This is the uncertainty the market is dealing with right now, and that is hence why we're seeing all this choppy action across the market in recent weeks. So watch out on Wednesday. Watch for the opportunities, and watch for the profits, and watch for the reaction, and watch the Fed. The Fed is going to be the focus of the week, and today we got a lot of heavy-hitting investors and CEOs ringing the bell ringing the warning alarm, whatever you want to call it, hitting the red button saying, hey, guys, we got to watch this inflation thing. It's long term. It's not transitory. And if the Fed doesn't act on Wednesday, we're going to have issues is pretty much the common sentiment I got today out of all of these fantastic investors and leaders in the financial world. Now, shifting into the travel recovery, what do we have going on? Well, the numbers are looking good. So the TSA screened nearly 2.1 million people on Sunday. That's great stuff, and that is the most or the highest number we have seen since March 7th of 2020. Now, that's great. Now, that's still still 545,000 fewer people compared to the same day in 2019, but aside from that, this is great stuff. So, we're seeing a bounce back there. What else did we get? So the travel demand that we have seen is also increasing your airfares, it's increasing your car rental uh, expenses, it's increasing the rates at hotels, and we are seeing all of these numbers also through companies such as American Express. So the CEO of American Express was on and he said, quote, we also believe that by the end of the year in the U.S., we will have a full consumer recovery from a travel perspective. And overall, by the end of the year, I think globally will probably be about 80% of what we were in 2019. So he's expecting quite a significant recovery. In fact, darn near a full recovery up to those 2019 travel levels. And we love to see it. Now, I do believe that the travel recovery is real. I think it's strong. And that's why I've been betting on some travel names and this is why I bring it up because at the end of the day there's a lot of travel names up there that are also fantastic companies at the same time and one of the names I would bring up right away is Disney they're huge in the travel they have the cruises and they have the parks but at the same time they're kind of the best of both worlds because they have the streaming play also so not only do they have streaming which Disney plus is doing extremely well Hulu ESPN plus but they also have the whole entire reopening trade on the other side of that company, the parks and the cruises, etc. So it just gets better and better over there at Disney. Also, the airlines, your Alaska Air, your Southwest, both of those, I think two of the best airlines out of all of them. Um, those also probably going to continue to recover. Your cruise line slowly going to continue to recover. I'm hesitant to push you guys towards the airlines and the Carnival Cruise and those kind of type names, the cruises, partially because- those companies really aren't fundamentally great companies. Um, in fact, airlines have never really been, at least in the past few years, great like companies to invest in for the super long term. But at the end of the day, um, you want to get into those names that are going to benefit from the travel boom. So you have your Disney, you have your airlines, you have your cruises, the basic stuff. But then you also have um, the names that service those airlines, such as a Boeing, which is one of my favorites. Um, and we've talked about it a few times on the show. So that's definitely something To check out, but the travel recovery is real. The numbers show it. And the travel amount and the travel population continues to increase at a steady pace. It continues to recover. Now, before we shift out of the inflation talk and the recovery talk, I'd like to touch on something that Paul Tudor Jones actually brought up. Um, And this is just simply a quote. This isn't a full topic about him, but it was a fact he brought up. And he said, quote, I get nervous from a financial instability standpoint when the stock market is 220% of GDP. I get nervous when I know that number was 45% higher than the 2000 bubble. And I know it's 90% higher than the 2007 top. Now, that really put things in perspective for me because it's another one of those numbers, and I think a lot of you will relate to this, that just goes to show we are way above, we are outperforming at a significant pace, um, historic levels. I mean, we are years past what has averaged, you know, we're supposed to be in a bear market by the average and we're not, we're still going strong, we're still very bullish. In fact, if you look at a one-year chart, if you look at a 20, 30, 40-year chart, of the Dow Jones looks like one of those parabolic charts that you see the upside. Now, part of that's natural, but not all of it. I mean, if you take a look at the last 12, the 14, the 24 months, the market has been extremely wild, extremely volatile. From the March crash to one of the best rallies we have seen in decades, the stock market is literally continuing to move to the upside just today. it I mean, the NASDAQ S&P 500, Both pushed all-time highs, I believe. Yeah, you have the NASDAQ pushing nearly an all-time high. You have the S&P making a 52-week high, an all-time high. You have the Dow Jones pushing a 52-week high. I mean, all of these indexes, core indexes, are pushing all-time highs. And you take a look at overall valuations in the market. Let's just go, I mean, one part of valuation, for instance, can be price-to-earnings. And the overall market is extremely overvalued at the moment, at least on a P.E. basis. P.E. shouldn't be the only valuation metric you go by. There's multiple. There's forward price to earnings, price to sales, price to book, etc. price to cash flow. All of those matter. But price to earnings is the very common one. And you take a look in technology, trading at extreme valuations. You take a look at even the consumer defensive, extreme valuations. You take a look at the industrials and healthcare. Those are even extremely elevated on a long-term historical basis. So overall, we have a very elevated market at the moment. And when Paul Tudor Jones brings up the fact that currently the stock market is 220% of GDP and that that is 45% higher than 2000, which was a bubble in a insane crash, and then 90% higher than 2007, the great financial crisis, that starts to worry me. And that makes me want to raise some cash. So today, I'll be honest, I raised significant cash. I raised $15,000 in cash. For me, that's significant. I don't know about you. We all have different portfolio sizes. I sold a major position that wasn't as inflation friendly. Now, I could be wrong, but I have no problem, as I obviously JP Morgan has no problem either, holding some cash. You know, that'll lose value very slowly with inflation, but holding some cash, sitting back and waiting for opportunities to see really what in the world is going on with inflation. What is going on with the Fed? What is going on with the market? To me, we just have a lot of consolidation right now, and inflation fear is the excuse. I could be wrong. But I take a look and we are seeing a lot of consolidation in a lot of names, especially those technology names. And I am not getting in on those technology names all too quickly because I definitely do think they're still elevated and I think there could be more downside. Possibly if the inflation story goes a negative direction and the Fed doesn't act quick enough and then it worsens by the end of the month, you could see a quick sell off in the markets. Who knows this month? Who knows? It's hard to tell. No one can predict the market. But. Pay attention to the overall valuations of the market. Pay attention to where the market is. Now, that uh, stock market, the GDP ratio is the Buffett indicator. If you get on Google um, and you just look up Buffett indicator, you can literally find a website that does a live Buffett indicator. And you'll see that this indicator has actually been quite predictable um, or has been quite successful at predicting or uh, used historically to predict tops. Um, And it has been at these levels um, that the market is currently at a Typical point where the market peaks and goes to the downside. So definitely something to pay attention to. Um, Definitely a fact that I found interesting and I wanted to bring it to all of you today. Now, shifting into the biggest analyst calls, Deutsche Bank reiterated Square as a buy. I like that. I took a look at Square in the valuation. Yeah, it's high, but Square is growing also very quickly. It's a very quickly moving company and growing company. If you take a look at the company itself, they're a fintech leader. And actually, um, they're currently at 230 bucks a share, 231 in the after hours. And I don't actually mind stock here. It's been a common point in the past six months for it to b- uh, bounce. It's a lot of chop in the past six months. It seems to be a lot of consolidation, mostly trading right around 240 all the way down to about 200 is its range it's been trading in lately and I like that Um, and I definitely think Square is a fintech name to consider if you're going in the fintech I've pretty much held the same stance ever since we started the podcast and the show where I would simply say if I want a fintech position and I want the two core fintech leaders PayPal and Square just split your capital 50-50 and go in them both for the long term and you're going to come out very successful at the end of the day I believe um, at least for the fintech world now It's a fantastic company. Would I be buying it now? No, it doesn't fit my strategy. It doesn't fit to my inflation friendly calls. But a lot of other people are. And there's actually a travel aspect to Square. A lot of people, when they travel, make payments digitally and they use Square. Um, And those numbers were reflected or have been reflected, um, at least in their financials. If you take a look through their financials, you'll see that their travel related areas have been very weak and they're a significant part of Square's business. Um, But they're still growing extremely quickly. And with the travel recovery back, back to a normal arena, back to a normal economic scenario, um, you could see Square's growth accelerate just a tad bit more. So I like Square. Uh, City reiterated FedEx as a buy. I like it. FedEx is a more inflation-friendly play, um, and I think FedEx is FedEx or UPS is the way to go when it comes to um, that shipping area or that industry area, um, and that's really the shipping and transportation world, and I think FedEx and UPS are two great companies and two fantastic ways to gain access to that market. Um, Morgan Stanley named BlackRock a top pick, Wells Fargo a top pick, and Charles Schwab a top pick. I like all three of those. Um, fantastic firms and banks there. And all of those names, I believe, will be a little more inflation-friendly than, say, your super high-growth names or your super crazy software names such as Shopify. Um, And then Raymond James upgraded Chipotle uh, to strong buy from Outperformer. Now, this comes just after they raised their prices because they had to raise wages. By the way, could be an example. I'm just saying it could be an example of wage inflation, which we are seeing across the country right now, and that is a major negative. You don't want to see wage inflation because it creates... Long-term inflation. Now, uh, the North North Coast upgraded Wendy's to a buy from neutral. Wendy's actually catching two upgrades today. Also one for Piper Sandler, which was actually a reiteration, but we'll call it an upgrade. So, Wendy's getting some love. Um, Wendy's, fantastic company. It somehow got caught up in the Wall Street bets community there for a little bit um, and pumped up, but... I think you could also go long Wendy's for the long term. It's back down the 24. Fantastic stock, definitely a fantastic company to check out. Um and then finally UBS reiterated Nike as a buy. I have continued to like Nike I ended up actually exiting the name um, a few months ago and I'll tell you why. They had major supply chain shortages and the market hated it and it fell out of market favor. And since then, the stock has not been fantastically loved. In fact, it's way off its of ties of 145. It's still right down around 130 and it's been flat um, since October of 2020. So I'm not a fan of flat at all unless I'm investing on like a five to 10 year basis. I like uh, in my trading portfolio quicker moves in my long-term portfolio. If I wanted to add Nike, I would. Um, it is a great company uh, definitely a name to look at if you're looking to get into the clothing and apparel area um, but that's simply not a space I want to be in a lot of other people want to be there um, and if you're looking to get into that industry which it can there's a lot of great stocks in that industry including Nike Nike high pricing power um, definitely one to check out Nike fantastically run company they have a dividend pays you to stay I love it for the long term. Now, that's the show. That's actually the show today. We do not have an individual name to break down. Tonight, we're dropping a breakdown on Broadcom and then another one on Roblox um, in the morning or very late tonight. So, watch out for those breakdowns. Um, But either way, before we end the show, we got to talk about the overall market. So, what do we see today? Well, at the top of the show, we kind of went over a brief summary. The big tech got a bump. Um, And we saw the rest of the market kind of just chop around with a lot of mixed sectors. Now, one that I would like to point out today, the financial sector, the big banks not getting much love with JP Morgan, Citi, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs all down. A reminder, the big, big banks, typically inflation friendly. We take a look at real estate and real estate actually did quite well today. AMT also doing well, a REIT in the 5G uh, infrastructure space. I like it. Um, the industrials not doing quite too hot either. We saw Honeywell and 3M and GE all fall today. Cat, Deer, um, the favorite uh, industrial names, Falling, Boeing, Falling, Raytheon, Falling, Lockheed Martin, slight edge into the green. Um, Northrop Grumman, a lot of those names trading at relatively low valuations compared to the broader market, especially in the aerospace and defense area. So possibly some industrial opportunities there, a way to get more inflation friendly. And a reminder um, that inflation-friendly names, inflation-friendly sectors include um, the financials, the big banks, uh, energy, real estate, um, commodities, industrials, all of those areas tend to do quite well um, under higher inflation compared to growth, which tends to not do so great under higher inflation. But then I look towards like, for instance, telecom services. Very choppy action. Consumer defensive. I see a lot of mixed action. I see a Walmart red, but a Costco green, and a Target red with a Dollar General green. I mean, a lot of mixed action there. I see a Home Depot down and a Lowe's down. I see a Starbucks down and a McDonald's up. So that consumer cyclical, that consumer defensive area, very mixed today, but definitely an area to take a look at as well. A lot of solid names there that pay you to stay, and I like it when a stock pays me a strong dividend to stay. But that is the show. That is another episode of the Running With The Money podcast. We will be back on Wednesday with the usual breakdown and biggest headlines of the day. Unfortunately, we didn't have a breakdown to go through, but we will have one on Wednesday. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Running With The Money podcast. Pay attention to that Fed meeting on Wednesday and we'll break it down Wednesday night. Either way, thank you for listening and I will see you on Wednesday.